Welcome to Sam's on Fire, a podcast for everyday entrepreneurs navigating business decisions, growth, and structure. Now, here's your host, Sam Livingston. Hey everyone, I'm Sam with Sam's on Fire, and I'm here with Kelly Bailey. Today's episode is going to be really kind of unique. Uh, it's still along the coaching realm and definitely in the entrepreneur realm, but Kelly Bailey is a fitness coach and a wellness coach, and she has a much different experience and approach to to her industry than a lot of people do, but still it's business, it's entrepreneurship. It is a mindset about being successful within your industry. So I've known Kelly for a few years and uh, we collaborate quite a bit on uh, on different things we're doing within our own business that might look a lot different, but there are just some great inroads into what we do. So Kelly, thank you so much for uh, being here on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Why don't you give me a little bit of, a tiny bit of background about your journey into, and, and how would I describe that? Are you a wellness coach? Are you a fitness coach? Are you a health coach? What would be your title? <laughs> Probably all of the above. Right. So I started out as a fitness coach. Um, I went and got a, um, a personal training certificate. And then after that, I decided to become a certified health coach. And so that's more of a basis in holistic nutrition. So um, I understand um, a lot of baseline nutrition concepts and things like that. And I can help coach people for both fitness and nutrition. So the reason I did that was I started out in the fitness realm. I really enjoy exercising and I of course want to share that love with other people. But what I found was that people were struggling with the, not so much the fitness part. I mean, people have problems. People struggle to find motivation to work out, but they were struggling more in the nutrition side of things. And so that's why I decided to add that so I could be more of a well-rounded coach. Now, my story, though, is a little bit different. So I, I tell my new clients, um, I tell people that I started out as like a very traditional fitness type coach. And I would, I would say things like, you need to eat less and move more. So eat less, exercise more. And we would go through all of the, you know, drink more water, don't drink soda, don't do this, don't do that. These are your rules. This is what you have to do. And I got really into a lot of the, the diets, cleanses, and um, what I've done. And I've guided clients through these things too. So carb cycling, um, paleo, ketogenic diets, South Beach diets, all of these diets. All the while I'm doing this and I'm struggling personally with diet. So um, I stru- I've struggled with binge eating disorder for the past 20 years, off and on. And the diets actually, it started out with a diet way back when in college. That's actually when my binge eating disorder started. And like I said, it's been an off and on battle for me. But what I found is that diets actually made it worse. It started it and it made it worse. So every time I've been on a diet, is making it worse. And I noticed that my clients are, are telling me similar things. Like when they, when I tell them, when I would tell them, well, Monday starts your diet. What do they do on Sunday? Oh, I, I know what they I've eat done. everything in their kitchen. Absolutely. You know, um, and maybe some more we'll go get Hey, last time we're going to go out to Hershey's for ice cream. Right. Right. And you, and you eat like five scoops when normally you might get one or two, depending on how hungry you are. You know, same thing would happen with a six-week program. They would do great for the six weeks. And then on the day after the six-week program ends, they are eating everything in sight. 
So I felt like I was almost creating the same problem that, you know, in those people in my clients that I was having, and I just couldn't do it anymore. So that's a little bit of the backstory behind, um, now I am more of a mindful coach, a uh, mindful eating coach, an intuitive eating coach. I still do the exercise stuff, but I've definitely changed what I do in the realm of like coaching and coaching people towards wellness and nutrition. So yes, wellness coach. Cool. So, and I like that you can describe it as wellness coach because I think that there's, there's a misconception. Listen, I work out a lot. And I eat a lot and I don't see the gains. And I mean, this is something when I was in the Marine Corps, I didn't worry about because we were so active right. that we, and, you know, I was in my late teens and early twenties, the things didn't matter. But as I aged a little bit and I, what I realized was the diet was probably more important than, than the physical activities. And so I like that you have a different approach and we talk about mindset. And this is really one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to have you on this particular podcast, because what I believe is business is a mindset, much as wellness and whole. And what I tell people in my own personal coaching is, I don't think that you can have a healthy business without having a healthy home life. You can, but it's not sustainable. I don't think that you can have a healthy business or home life without having some healthy mindset, some healthy eating habits, some healthy workout habits and all those kind of things. So that was a big thing. So now as you transitioned and you started to realize this, how long did that take before you really were understanding, you know, I'll equate it like in my coaching, when I first started coaching or realized I wanted to get into coaching, there was an approach where you're preaching one thing, but you're, you know, you're, you're talking the talk, but not walking the walk. Right. And that's also not sustainable, which I found out really quickly is I'm telling people to do things that I wasn't willing to do myself. And, and I feel like maybe that's a little bit of where that, that kind of awareness came to you. Definitely. How did your business change? And I don't mean the model of what you're coaching, but how did your business change from a perspective of enjoyability, attractive? That's the other thing is I don't want to sell to anyone. I want to attract to people. And I know we've talked about this. Yes. Uh, in the past about attracting the right client. How did that transition feel and what did it look like? Honestly, when I started to transition my business to more of this mindful eating approach, I found it was like I found my true passion for what I was doing. Um, I would get tired of teaching a specific diet or I would get tired of writing about, you know, this diet or that diet. And like you said, I was not necessarily practicing what I was preaching. So for example, I did carb cycling for a long time and I was leading people through carb cycling programs online. And after a while, I, I would get very bored with it. Like, I don't, you know, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I don't want to write about this anymore. Um, I, you know, I'm getting bored with leading people through this. And of course it's on, on the backside, on the inside for me, I'm saying that I'm doing carb cycling and I'm not really doing carb cycling because I'm struggling internally to maintain that type of a diet. But when I started doing and writing about the, uh, the mindful eating and intuitive eating, when I started leading programs around that concept, when I started learning more about it and doing it myself, I really felt like I found this is it. This is my, this is something I'm really passionate about. And, and I honestly, 
even now. I mean, and this is probably a year and a half ago that I started this transition process. And even, even now, I, I'm excited to wake up in the morning. When I go to bed at night, sometimes I literally can't fall asleep because I'm so excited to get up in the morning and get started writing. So I realized that um, when I started teaching the mindful eating stuff and really helping people transition and get away from dieting and these types of things and, and create a more joyful relationship with food and it, you know, that part sort of spreads to their entire life. That's when I really got excited and I knew that I had something. And, and I love that you can, you can put your finger on that. Like not be, I know when I lay down at night, sometimes I have a very difficult time falling asleep and usually it's excitement. In my past, it's been worry or stress. And um, and that's a completely, when that balance shifts, you know that you're in the right place. You also realize that I think that entrepreneurial, Alex Sharpin is a, a, a great mindset coach. And, and he, he actually wrote a, a book called uh, The Entrepreneurial Trait. And he talks about this a little bit. And it's that excitement and that switch from this stress-related event every night when you lay down to now an excitement related event. Right. I find that I do sleep better, even though it still takes about the, the same amount of sleep, but now I don't have the cortisol. I don't have those issues. And, and one of the other things that you said was mindful eating. And we talked about diet and, and you've made without directly saying, but in my mind, you've made a distinction. I think diet is a dirty word, even though diet is what we do, whether it's good diet or bad diet, Diet, when I say diet, I mean it in the terms of the four-letter word that most people... So a diet can be basically anything that a person eats. It doesn't necessarily have to stand for something, you know, like a extreme. But when I use the word diet, I'm talking about the extreme things like, you know, the, the ketos and the paleos and the things that are very restrictive. So that's what I mean when I say diet. But I think society really that resonates with us the most because that's what we're used to hearing. Try this diet. I bet right now, if you typed in diet in Google, we could come up with probably no less than 500 differently named diets that are restrictive or, you know, and, and the problem is we all want the magic pill in business. We want the magic pill, right? That's, right. That, that's how a lot of these sales guys exist because they can, they can sell us something that's magical and will transform us overnight. That's not what happens, right? You said you have a 20 year struggle with with some specifics but you've come to a place and you're able to teach others from your own experience to a place that is harmonious with eating sleeping yes. working out water intake all I, those things i feel like what i'm doing in my business is congruent with what's happening in here and in here and that congruence makes me want to get up in the morning um and like i said i'm excited versus being fearful of, you know, what I'm doing. And, and I did during my business transition, even though a lot of people on the outside probably would not really have even noticed very much of a difference in what I was doing. But to me, it was huge. So previously, I had been, you know, I would post like photos of myself in a bathing suit, and, you know, be like, see, my six week program can make you look, <laughs> look like this. And and I got away from that. And um, through my process of transitioning through intuitive eating and mindful eating practices, 
I actually, because I had been using extreme exercise and dieting to control my weight, I actually gained weight. So it was really scary for me. And of course, you know, I was worried about putting any sort of photos of myself online, but I was realizing at that point that if it takes that much for me to get my, to keep my weight down at a certain level and to keep myself looking a certain way so that I feel like I'll be a successful business person. I was like, this is not going to work long-term and I can't keep teaching this to other people. So like I said, as I made that transition, I changed my name from Kelly Bailey Fitness to Kelly Bailey Wellness because to me, to the average person, those two terms might not really mean, they might be a big difference. To me, there's a huge difference between the words fitness and wellness. So to me, fitness is like exercise. When you think of fitness, a lot of people think of like six pack abs, you know, when, when you say the word wellness to me, that says a more well-rounded, we're talking about body, mind, spirit, everything, just to come together. You're a healthy, happy, well-rounded human being. It's a happy word. I mean, to yes. me, if I hear wellness, well means, I mean, I say it all the time. How are you doing? I'm doing well today. Right. Like that means it's good. Things right. are in a good spot. And if someone says fitness, I'm thinking I'm probably going to go for a run or, or work out or whatever. So yes. I can certainly relate to that. You talked about business a little bit and you talked about, uh, let, let's talk about your business and what it's meant to you and where you transitioned to. Talk to me about your ideal perfect client. My ideal perfect client is um, somebody who's basically just like me, probably middle age, has a few kids who are maybe probably nearing school age or maybe a little bit older than that, probably in fairly decent shape, has probably worked out, has probably tried a lot of diets and maybe struggling with the whole falling off the wagon syndrome. And she feels like, she can't control her eating behavior. That's probably the biggest like hallmark for me as far as the type of clients I'm looking for. Somebody, a, a, a woman who feels like she's out of control around food. And, and, and these are the clients that I can help because they are just through the mindful eating process. What they find is that most of the time they're not emotionally eating they're not out of control around food. It's the other things that are going on in their life um, or, or some of the things that they're doing that are causing this, what they consider a lack of control around food. So that's, that's my ideal plan. Cool. And, and I kind of, I wanted, I love your description because I wanted to make a distinction there. You said she several times there. So what we all have our ideal client and we don't always get our ideal client. On occasion, we get a client that is not ideal, but your services are very much geared towards the woman. Yes. And how much better or stronger do you think your business is? Because I think where we have a failure, and I had this mindset when I first got into my own business, was everyone is my client. I can help everyone and everyone should want to be helped by me, right. which is really egotistical, very unsustainable. And somewhat stupid. For me, it was a little different. So I was in the same boat where I was, I, I was going to help everybody, right? And I would take anybody. But it wasn't 
because I felt like everybody needed me. It was more because I felt like I needed everybody. I was like, I am willing to work with anybody right now because I'm just getting started out and I want to make some money doing this. And I was willing to, to take anyone who, who was willing to, to come to me and listen to me. But they had a checkbook and or right. uh, the money right. you were good. Right. That's scarcity, right? Yes, that's the scarcity mindset. Exactly. How honest can you be in scarcity? Not really honest. Yeah, not really honest. I, I love that because it's one of the biggest things that I've learned from my business coach. Uh, Hank Avick is, is my coach. He talks about it all the time. Scarcity versus abundance. And the argument is, well, I'll be abundant once I become abundant. <laughs> no, yeah, right. the mindset has to come before the um, the actual, uh, the, the living of being an abundant life. And it's so difficult to get entrepreneurs to realize that. What was your realization? My realization, I think, again, it just stems back to the fact that I was, some of the clients I was working with, I really didn't look forward to working with them. And I really felt like with those clients, I wasn't helping them because they weren't my ideal client. And I, and in some cases, I didn't feel as though I was really well suited, you know, like my, even my education background wasn't well suited to helping them. Like now, for example, what I would do is if somebody comes to me and I don't feel like I can handle whatever they, or if I don't want to work with that particular client, I can refer them to somebody else who might be better suited to helping them. So I kind of felt then though, I was taking on anybody and everybody I could, but these certain particular clients that I just didn't enjoy working with or, or I felt like I wasn't, I wasn't well suited to their particular problem. I just, you know, I, I wasn't doing as good a job for those well, and I want to make a big point here. This is so important. It's been really, really important in my businesses. You have that mindset. I, I just need to get a check. I need to get a commission. I need to get whatever. I need to sell this one widget so I can move on to the next one. Here's what happens. Where do you get clients from? We're, we're referral-based people, right? Well, yes, in, in, right. In, in any type of a service industry where there's a plethora of people to choose from, which there are how many hundreds of coaches or thousands of coaches wow. You can find the same thing with real estate agents, the same thing with um, mortgage uh, mortgage brokers, the same thing with insurance agents. There's so many to choose from. What happens is if you start to choose the people you don't enjoy working with, guess who they're hanging out with? They're friends that are just like them. Right. You said it earlier when you said, I want to work with people who are more like me. Why? Because we have commonality there. And we say, I can relate to this person and this person can relate to me. I've struggled where that person's struggling. Right. So now you take on the person that is the absolute wrong client for you. And great. You got them through it one way or another. And then they refer you to another one of them. And, that, and I've seen people ruin their business based on that. And it's such a difficult, it's an easy concept to talk about. But it's difficult when you're like, I just need to pay the rent. Right. So when you can get past that, now you've built this business that you love. Right. You need to be able to, you need to have clients that, that you know are going to carry out what you're telling them to do. You need clients to be successful so that you can be successful. And sometimes you just meet somebody who you don't mesh with and, and you know that they are, are either not going to carry out what you're asking them to do, or in some cases, like I said, maybe you're not qualified 
to help them with that particular problem. This is why, you know, I, I have now I have sometimes uh, people come to me and say, I want you to help uh, my, my kid. And I do not enjoy working with kids, whether it's, you know, fitness, like training um, a young athlete, or even with some of the mindful and intuitive eating things, I, I, I don't want to work with kids. Um, and so I will refer them to somebody else because I just can't do a good enough job because I'm not passionate about it. That's important. Your success depends on the passion that you have with the people that you're working with. They have to see this to be success too. And they are the ones who are going to, you know, shout your name from the rooftops and say, this person really helped me. So that's, well, I, the, I find it really important. The converse of that is they will also yell from the rooftops how bad you are when you can't help them. So it's important. The big part of the equation is the client. Right. And, right. and, and the, when we are able to do that or understand that, I think we can be a lot more successful. So Kelly, you're a successful writer. I've seen you on TV. You write a lot of blogs, right? Yeah. And and around your blogs, your your purpose is to educate. I've read your blogs, and although a lot of them are geared towards women, I like to read them because um, I think that you have some insight that really translates into my business. And that's why I wanted to have you on here. Is there's a business mindset behind everything we do if you allow it to translate? And I think you do a good job of it. So where would I find more information about Kelly Bailey? Um, you can go to kellybailey.fit. Um, you can find me on Instagram. Um, I think it's kellybailey1547. I could be wrong on that. If she's wrong, <laughs> you can just look in the show notes. I'll make sure that we get it right best, and link to it. Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn too um, and Facebook. I'm on Facebook. You can follow me. And on Facebook, you can't change the name of your business page. So it's still Kelly Bailey Fitness. But the best place for people to get in touch with me and also to read my blogs, which, again, one of my big things with my blog is I like providing value for free. And from a business perspective, I think that providing value um, through a blog or through a podcast or, you know, whatever it may be, if you're providing value, that's going to attract people to you. So the best place to find me um, and get free information, get to know me is on my, is on my website and my blog. And again, that's www.kellybailey.fit. Gary Vanerchek says it best. Get, give away everything for free. People will find your value and you'll succeed from that. And you're living proof. I've, I've watched, I've seen you grow. I've seen the things that you're doing. I absolutely love the fact that you're able to translate your, your, your passion for fitness and wellness into a business and be wildly successful in your business. Well, I think that um, if people want to find out more, we've definitely given them an opportunity to do that. If you are uh, considering a wellness coach, I think some of the things that Kelly touched on are extremely important for you. Make sure that it's someone that you can know, like, and trust or get to know, like, and trust. They have some similar background or at least some similarities in common ground with what your achievements want to be. And then reach out to Kelly. Um, the great thing about Kelly is she has a, a wide network. She could probably point you in the right direction. I'm not stepping too far there, am I? Yeah, no, absolutely not. And I, I invite people to get in touch with me and I will talk with people on the phone or I will meet them in person. And we will know probably within the first 10 minutes whether or not we're going to mesh well together. And and I'm, I, I never pressure anybody into um, any sort of a program or a sale. 
So, so if I don't sign up in the next five minutes, I've lost my opportunity. That's not true. Yeah, right, right. right. It's no, it's not true. So feel free to get in touch with me. Um, I love it when a prospective uh, client gets to know me. And as you said, if um, if I don't feel like it's a good fit or they don't feel like it's a good fit, I will do my best to find somebody that might be able to serve them better. Great. Kelly, I really appreciate you coming on here. Guys, thanks for listening today. If you like the podcast and like what you're hearing, you can like and subscribe to Sam's on Fire podcast. You can also find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and wherever else that you can Google. Do you know your Instagram handle? I do. It's Sam's on Fire. Oh, see, you, you've probably got, it. it's a very individual or a, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I had to fight. I had to throw some elbows in a couple of places to get Sam's on Fire. But Did guys, you? if you Google Sam's on Fire Instagram or Sam's on Fire Facebook or Sam's on Fire LinkedIn, yeah. you'll find me. There might be a couple other variations. Sam's on fire with a number and underscore somewhere, but it's really hard to, I don't know if they can see that. It's really hard to do that. So. Right. Well, on the podcast, you won't see it, but if you see my logo, it's a big flaming head and it's not Guy Fieri, it's uh, Sam Livingston. So, right. but Kelly, thanks so much for coming on today. I really appreciate your time. Guys, thanks for listening and I will talk to you next week. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Sam's on fire and don't forget to check out samsonfire.com. And if you like what you're hearing, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and share it with a fellow entrepreneur so you get notification of all new episodes.